The following episode of We Making It is part of a mini-series highlighting the body business stories of dance artist professionals who are creative partners in the Sydney L. Mosley Dances Collective. SLM Dances is a New York City-based dance theater collective that works in communities to organize for gender and racial justice through experimental dance performance. This fall, SLM Dances is fundraising yes, fundraising, to build our collective power and continue to make this work possible. Hashtag we making it. In these body business stories, we speak candidly about our budgets and bank accounts while sustaining a commitment to impacting our communities with our gifts as artists. Please visit SLM Dance's website to learn more about how you can play a part in reaching our fundraising goal of 10000 by December 31st, 2019. Again, that's S-L-M-D-A-N-C-E-S dot com. You want to know what else you can do? Well, let me tell you. Share this episode using the hashtag S-L-M-D-BodyBiz, that's biz with a Z, 10K, and help us share our body business stories with your community. Now, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to another episode of We Making It. This is a weekly conversation with New York-based artists around what they are making and how they are maintaining adequate water levels in the process. Let's get right into it. So what am I reading? I'm still working on Sula, y'all. And so Sula is where I'll be. And what happened last night, Uh, this full moon... It's kicking my ass. So last night, I was in the midst of processing. That's it, full moon. Um, We are continuing our eight-part money series with SLM Dances. And here, I have special guest. Special guest, can you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Bianca Page-Smith. Bianca's in the building. Funny story. Bianca and I actually met before SLM. Her and Emily, shout out to my girlfriend, Emily, uh, did a crazy... Okay, now I got to go into it. These two white people... Wait, Bianca's Latinx. These two people had me out in the middle of the night at um, House of Yes on the night of sin. Honey... Honey, now I do not think I'm approved, but I thought I was that night. We saw all kinds of things. I was not ready. Y'all know we ain't leave the club till like 4.30, and that was early. We were supposed to be there till 5. But, you know, Bianca's great. So, and our friendship has maintained since then. She's a Scorpio, you know, I have a real thing for Scorpio. So, that is how we met. So, Bianca, usually I ask my artists, what are they making? But for the money series, I've been starting with how are you making all of these things happen? Okay, how am I making all these things happen? Um, This year, I'm trying something new. So this year is different because the first thing that I am doing is focusing on my beliefs about money. Hey, can you, yeah, explain that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it started last year. 
but I'm finally starting to see uh, an actual change in my life because of it. So when I moved home, uh, I lived in Ireland for five years before moving back to this area of the world in 2018. So when I moved home, I was very afraid to come back, like so afraid, and I couldn't figure out why. I mean, I knew it was going to be a huge change coming back to family and friends and all this. But the biggest thing that I, I think I was afraid of, and I know now in retrospect, is being a starving artist. And I just couldn't see any way of being back in this part of the world and thriving as an artist. It was like, for me, this is the birthplace of that stereotype. Mm. That was my personal experience. Mm. And um, I had to combat that. So I just, I started realizing, okay, I do not have to believe that. That is a story that I took on readily. And now I would like to relieve myself of that. And so it's been a slow process, but I've been really working on the, from the inside out, developing a healthy relationship with money, a positive relationship with abundance, beliefs in money that make me feel good, focusing on what I want to come into my life as opposed to what I do not want. Mm, mm-hmm. And that has changed things. And so this year, my economic status, as well as my job situation, is different yeah. because of that. Can you let the people know where you were coming back from? Yes, I was living in Ireland, and I lived there from 2014 till the end of 2018. Yeah, and can you talk a little bit about what your relationship was with money was there? Because I think that's important for people to see that by changing setting, your relationship to money can change quite drastically. Right. So what I actually think it was is that I've always, I've always had that mentality of the starving artist, But in Ireland, in my personal experience anyway, I did not need as much money to live Mm -hmm. and to live a good life. Mm -hmm. It's a a few things, to be honest with you, because it was that. And so I was making like probably less than half of what I'm making now and living independently, you know, having money to do the things that I need to do and some of the things that I wanted to do. And, you know, just the life was different. Um, But also it was me settling for a very simple life because that was another belief that was like I don't need a lot of money to have a great life right, right? so there's another belief that I took on right. that I'm also challenging now and it's not to say that I'm I'm like well now I need a lot of money to have a great life no but I believe that money is a valuable resource that can allow me to impact the world around me more right. so than I am now. And so right. now I think differently about that. And I say, yes, I can live very simply off of very little money because I've done it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm affording myself the opportunity to think about, well, what do I want to happen? Mm-hmm. What would mm-hmm. I like to have? You know, What would I like to be able to give myself and then give to others with surplus? Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in generosity and I'm very generous with my time and attention, my love. But I, I would just love to be able to be generous with my money as well. Sure. You know? Sure. So. so let's get down to some nuts and bolts. So we got the, like, belief system. Okay. So that's working from the inside. Now, from the outside, what are your monthly expenses roundabout? Numbers? Numbers. So monthly expenses for me are... About $1,500, about. And what does that include? Rent, credit card bills. I give myself a weekly budget to live off of, so that includes all my transportation, groceries, all that. So my weekly budget. Um, And then student loan payments. 
and that's basically it. No health insurance. No, I don't pay for my health insurance. You still on your parents' health insurance? No, I am on Medicaid. Is that what's called Medicaid? Okay. But I have to get off of it actually now because I'm making too much money. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if you, so it sounds like you, so you need fifteen hundred, like you have fifteen hundred in expenses. So then, mm. what are you tangibly making per month to swing all that? So right now, right now, like I said, it's it's very different situation because last year I was I had the around about the same expenses, but I was making just enough to scrape by. Mm-hmm. And this year, I have a goal on top of that of saving a thousand dollars a month. Okay. Because I basically said to myself, like, I, I need a nest egg. I need, you know, security, and I don't have that right now. And mm-hmm. so on top of it, then technically my expenses would be 2500 Okay. Figure in that. And my income, it's, it still hasn't steadied yet because everything has changed, but my income, I would say, is somewhere over three grand now a month. And what is that? How does, how is this? Right, like, how is that three grand made? Right, so... The first thing that I did to afford myself that situation is to get what they call a day job, right? So I babysit two days a week, Mm -hmm. something that I was not interested in doing for a long time, just out of stubbornness. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm an artist, and I'm only going to do art-related things, right? Yes, (laughs) Yes, we've all been there. Right? So, But then this opportunity came out, and it just so happened to work perfectly with SLM. It's on the days where we're not here in rehearsals. So I was like, you know what? This is for me. Mm -hmm. And so that is a steady paycheck that I get every week. And at the end of the month, it adds up to be about half of what I need. So you make $1,500 a month just with babysitting. $1,600 from babysitting. Right. Right. So that is, and that is so solid for me because once I get that money at the end of the week, a part of it goes towards rent, a part of it goes towards my next week's weekly budget, and then the other part goes into my savings account. Sure. So it's like a system that sure. I, I worked for the past two years to set up, right? So right. now I get to actually see it happening. Right, right. So then a part of my income obviously comes from SLM. So we get paid for rehearsals right. and um, that's a part of it. And then I teach yoga. So we got 1600 SLM, just about in terms of a month. What does that look like in terms of numbers? It's hard to know because I'm still waiting to see about teaching yoga mm-hmm. um, as a part of rehearsals, what the compensation is for that. Okay. But it's, you know, it, with the bare minimum, I suppose, of what we get in rehearsals, I think it's about 200 a month. Okay, so you're at 16 plus 2 is 1800 You still got, what, 11 more hundred to make. Right. And you make that from yoga. I make... I make like I would say 75% of that from teaching yoga. Okay. Okay, and then the rest of it the rest of it is literally just like I don't know, universe connecting with the universe. Things come up. Like know? what? <laughs> Cuz I, I definitely I want listeners to be like I don't want listeners to be like so maybe I just need to open my eyes and look up at this guy and a dollar going to fall out. Right. Well, I know it seems crazy, but No, and I don't think it seems crazy. I just want this to be I want us to be as clear as we can right. about where things are coming from. So, I would say like it would just be opportunities like a random extra night of babysitting or uh, an extra performance. Okay. Or, you know, so and so asks me to bake a cake for them, like just whatever kind of skills I also have. But then that would so I just want to clarify one more time. So babysitting is 1600. Right. And then SLM is 200. Right. 16 plus 2 is going to be 18. Right. Teaching yoga is about 800 a month. So you're looking at 1800 plus another 8 is 
2600 right and you're making an extra four hundred dollars consistently just by hustling up on these extra side jobs or that and also well i should say this as well i'm going to be doing the marketing for slm so that hasn't come in yet right so i don't know what that's going to be right wait so it's just like kind of balls popping around and like for me I can't necessarily say that that extra 400, 600 is going to come in every month from those things. Mm, Okay, and that's what I was trying to get a better understanding of. But that's why there's the cushion. So it's a savings goal for me to save a thousand. But I will give and take where I need to, obviously, to make expenses. And then Mm -hmm. after that, everything Mm -hmm. else goes in. But I am being, I think because I'm so firm about that. And I, you know me, Katie, I'm quite a spiritual person. So yeah. I believe in my relationship with the universe and with energy. I think because I'm so pl- like firmly planted my feet in the ground, like I am saving $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. that it's happening. Mm. You know? mm. So that's why I'm kind of saying to you is like, I have become and I'm continuing to be very clear mm. about what I would like to see mm-hmm. and very willing and open to participate in that. Right. So it isn't like, oh my God, please universe, give me some money and then money falls from the sky. No, but it's like, okay universe, I'm saying you know, out loud, I'm speaking to people about it, I'm saying this is the kind of money I would like to be making, this is my savings goal, this is what I'm interested in having in my life and then I do the inner work to say, okay, you know, let me make sure that I'm paying attention to people who I might meet who might have an opportunity or to ways where I can extend myself generously and then something might come back around. You know, just little things like that, which last year I didn't have the opportunity or, you know, the privilege, I think. It is a privilege to be able to think about time in that way. Right. Um, to do that. And so this year I'm just really grateful. And I swear to you, so much of it is just the first step of saying, you know what, I deserve to feel good about having money in my life and I deserve to see it as a resource that can help me as much as having my time, having my skill, having my health yeah. can also help me. Yeah, but that does agree. That is, hmm. I think this is a great segue to how do you identify as a person outside of spirituality because you have named that you are a very spiritual person. What are some identities that you hold that have made you feel like it's given you the access to this position you have or this relationship you have with money? That is a really interesting question. Um, So the first thing that comes into mind is my limiting beliefs about money. And I feel that one of the identities that really holds me back is identifying as a woman Mm -hmm. and identifying as an artist. Mm -hmm. Those two have consistently put me feeling like there's a certain income level Mm -hmm. that I'm going to get to. Mm-hmm. And the ceiling is specific, I think, for everybody. So my ceiling was about maybe two grand. I would mm-hmm. get to this where I would have two grand about between my different accounts and then something would happen and I would have to spend like a massive amount of it and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. I would work back up to that and I'd be like, oh my God, I have almost two grand saved. Everything's getting paid for and then something else would happen. And right. Those identities strongly influenced my limiting beliefs. Um... The ones that, things that I identify with now that maybe are allowing me to have taken advantage of shifting that. I don't know, I kind of feel like it's the same. Being a woman and being an artist definitely are two. And also, like I, it's hard to say in terms of my identity, like I identify as Latina, but I am also white. I, I grew up you know, in a white neighborhood 
with a lot of people around me who didn't even have to question where things were coming from in their life and all of that. So I think a lot of that is kind of just wrapped into my body story. And it's, it's because I can't change those things, I think that they can either be the thing that holds me back or they can be the thing that sets me free. So I kind of think it's both. Does that make sense? Okay. So, hmm. Okay. So then, then my next question would be like, then what, are there any tangible barriers that have prevented you from reaching certain financial goals? Tangible. Right. So like, um, Hmm. So for me, for example, when I was working at Gibney, uh, it was really, or I found it quite difficult to move up in pay scale. Okay. Actually, speaking outside of Gibney, I have found that it has been quite difficult to move up in pay scale. Okay. Uh, and if I do move up in pay scale, I decrease in my stability. So this is like, oh, maybe I'll get a higher paying job, but the hours or the duration of said job will be less. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Uh, you identify as both Latina and white, and I have, I, I don't know if that's your experience, but that is a tangible barrier that I can think of and say, like, I have just not found a job that was either A, super flexible, or B, made enough so that it didn't need to be flexible. Like, it's always been a, a negotiation of how much I am making versus what's available and it always has seemed like for whatever reason I haven't been able to access just either a more money or like more flexibility to make more money I hear that off the top of my head I cannot think of something like that but I also think it's because I have I can't remember the last time that I have worked in a traditional setting where there's like where you're even on w2 I mean, I've been working 1099 probably since I've been living in Ireland. So because of that, I've tended to be in jobs where I think that I'm able to negotiate hours and pay rates and stuff like that more easily. And I do feel like it is a privilege that I have supportive parents because Hmm. if I had to feel like, well, I need to get this together or I'm going to be living on the streets, Mm -hmm. I think that would be a different story. Mm -hmm. And I know that in the past they haven't always been patient with me because I think there have been times where they've been like, can you just get back out and just like move out and not come back home? And I'm not, I'm not speaking for them because maybe they never thought that, but the feelings for me was like, maybe I should just stop doing this. Um, But that was also putting a lot of pressure on myself, making me feel like I had to make it in this city or I was not making it. Right. Right. So, but Mm. yes, I think that it's, it's, I've always been like, I need to work for myself. Right. And do you feel like even your ability to negotiate what you make or even your ability to say that, oh, I need to work for myself, do you see those as very tangible privileges that come from either race or gender or a combination of the two or something else like your parents? Yeah, I wouldn't say it really comes from... My family. Um, I can see why you are asking me this and that perhaps it does come across as like that is a huge privilege for me. I've never been able to do that. Yeah. Right. So this is a learning moment for me. Um, But I have just always been this way, even since I was a kid. 
And I don't know if that's because of the way I was raised or the fact that I was born white into a Latina, half Latina, half white family. Right. I've never questioned myself in that way. So this is like a major hmm. learning moment for me to just think, okay, you know, obviously everything about who I am and how I was raised is a part of who I am now, right? right. So yes, right? So yes, there is a part of that that affords me the opportunity to be who I am. Um, but I do, I do just think like, when I think about what comes into my mind first, it's just like, I cannot remember a time where I felt any other way. And that's not to say that I haven't reached my own struggle points, but I've been, I've never, I've just never let myself go back on it. And I think that's because of those privileges of being able to go back to be with my parents, you know? Yeah, and what's coming to my brain is not the fact of how how we've evolved as people, right? Because I, I think we each can think of uh, certain traits that have been with us since we were kids. I think, for me, there have been certain traits that have been really cautioned. Um, and not only cautioned as a kid, but as I've grown as an adult, really clearly like, and this is what happens when you do this. Mm. And so I, I am. I think I bring up. I bring up privilege because in Joan's episode, I asked her because Joan identifies as white. If you didn't hear Joan's episode, please check it out. But I asked Joan because white privilege is a thing that people throw around. Like it's one of those I know critical race theory things. But then I asked Joan like, what are some tangible moments where you could point to a thing and you could say like, oh, this was my privilege? And Joan struggled with the question, and I. I too thought about that within myself and I can definitely think of what sounds like your same like hustlers mentality, almost a relentless um, ambition to your dreams. And I've ended up quite broke and not only broke, but like fearful of what opportunities would be taken from me because of how I may be perceived and not for nothing because of how a situation panned out. And so I, I say all that to say, I think it's less about how we've been, I think it's less about how we've been and more about the conditioning and the reinforcement of how we've been. Right. And so I say that to say, that's, that's why I ask. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not to say that I've never been broke. Right. right. Those things have also like, cause I'm listening to you and I'm, I resonate with that because there have been times where my being relentless and being like, well, I'm sticking with this. I'm going to be blah, 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 no matter what. That happened to me last year. I was I could barely scrape by, and that's why this year I had to make different choices, right? right? I had to get the steady job because I was just like I, you know, pride doesn't pay the bills, right? Right. And so, and I and I also want to clarify the difference between pride and um, dedication to maybe what you believe, right? Uh, really specifically, for example, I really believed that head wraps weren't against dress code. But at one point they were at a at, at Gibney, mm. and so yes, there's a level of brokenness. But then within that job environment, there was an I, there was a very clear um, mental taxing at play around my choices. It was less about being broke and all to do with like how am I being received in this place. Mm. How am I, or, or in a speak? Yeah, speaking from the eye, like how do I have the option to negotiate salaries? Um, if I speak up, uh, will it prevent me from being promoted? 
So like, yes to being broke and what is the larger emotional structure at play that like money is a resource, but like physical and mental energy is also a resources. And I know feeling like my money may be cut and you might hurt my feelings um, systemically <laughs> is, is a whole nother resource that I feel like comes into play when we're talking about privilege. Mm. And so, yeah, I just want to offer that. Um, however, you did bring up a good point about being broke and you talked about your parents, but I want to like play the last question that we've been doing with everybody. So here is the scenario. Uh, okay, so for you, we're going to take away babysitting. We're going to take away SLM. No, we're going to keep SLM, and we're going to take away yoga, and we're going to take away babysitting. We're going to take away your main sources of income, like mm -hmm. your big, big pots. Drop you down to, like, your smallest stack of pennies. But right. you got to drop them down for a month. What are you going to do to get by? What systems, what community, what, um, who you going to call? What you going to do to get through that month? Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like I have a community, so that is a self thing. That is okay. my, my own thing that I'm working on. Um, I, I think that's a part of what you were talking about, just conditioning and reinforcement. I was raised to be like independent, yeah. right? You are not an adult unless you are independent. Yeah. So I'm still struggling with like, am I an adult right now because I'm living with my parents? You know what I mean? It's this right, idea of right. like, what does that mean? Um, that's partially by being raised by Hispanic women, I think, because it's very strong, like, pride in being independent. So if I didn't have that, I don't think I would reach out to anybody. I think I would just have to hustle. And I've had those moments. I've had those times where I'm looking ahead and I'm like, I need XYZ money by the end of the month. And I really, really need it. And it's just my faith and my ability to just, like, talk to anybody that I can about the skills that I have and offer it up and just make the work. Hmm. I wouldn't, yeah, I, I just, and it's never, it's never been any other way for me apart from, like I said, like I am living with my family. So I have that massive privilege of being able to be with them, okay. you know? So if I had to say to them, the rent is not going to happen this month. Okay. You know, I'm sure that they would forgive me for a month. But like I said, because I was raised to be so independent, I would not do that unless it was like of course, 29. This, this is a very, <laughs> yes, this is. And um, if you've listened to all the episodes, guys, this is, this is a, a hard question for everybody. Yeah. But I bring this up, um, as I've said in previous episodes, to take stock. Um, I think it's really difficult to share resources when you don't even know what resources you have. Right. And so it sounds like for me, you got family. You know, you sound like, you know, you might get a meal. Now it may not be a cute meal and it right. may be a meal served with a little side eye. Right. But they would look after <laughs> me. Right. They would Nobody's look after you. you be out on your on your right, ass, right, and I and I also do want to offer too that like family can be out here, be in your community, be they chosen family or blood, because you know we ain't partial in these streets when we try to get a meal. Um, and also, this came up in Sydney's episode. Sometimes, sometimes you need money, but something else will come through. Right. And so I do think there is something to say around feeling safe, because you know at the end of the day, 
your mom and your daddy gonna put a roof over your head. Right. And when you are coming from that position of safety, then what can you offer? Because I do think that you offer something different who somebody, for somebody, versus somebody that don't have that safety. And again, per Dr. Kim, if you don't know what you got, Joan, because Joan didn't know how to look at her finances, you, we've been saying like you won't be able to make any sandwiches. You're just spreading a whole bunch of peanut butter on a bunch of slices. Right, not putting it together. And not putting it together. Right. And so, that said, Bianca, where can the people find you? Where can they find Give us a shameless plug. <laughs> well, if you want to know more about what I do, you can visit my website, BiancaPageSmith.com. I also have a blog that I write. I haven't written in a while. I had a blog. Yes, I've been writing for a very long time, Real like cute. over a decade, but the blog's probably a few years old. Yeah. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at BiancaPageSmith, all the same name, everything consistent. And, uh, and that's it. And thank you for this opportunity to share. Yeah. It's a constant learning process, learning yeah. curve for me. Um, maybe a year ago, I wouldn't have even wanted to have this conversation. I'm so grateful you know? that you have had it. I think we all, especially with money. I mean, yeah. me and Bianca sat down and talked about this before, but not only Bianca and I, but everybody in the company knew that these were conversations that people were having in different spaces. And so for you guys to have a resource that you can literally click it, I think it means the world. And to have eight people. Right. And eight different, different people with eight different circumstances. Right. Joan is not like Jessica, who's not like Bianca, who is not like Sydney. Right. Um, and I hope that all the listeners can just find something in it that they can identify with. So, as always, I want you to make it live. I want you to make it breathe. And since Bianca is here, I think we have to make it believe whatever it is that we wanted to believe. But as always, guys, I just want you to make it. Bye. Bye. Okay, cool. Now a note from SLM Dances. This episode of We Making It is part of a mini-series highlighting the body business stories of Sydney L. Mosley Dances creative partners. SLM Dances is a New York City-based dance theater collective that works in communities to organize for gender and racial justice through experimental dance performance. In sharing their stories with you, SLM hopes to make plain their needs as dance artists and inspire you and all SLM Dances community members to think and act from a place of abundance, empathy, and urgency. SLM Dances is fundraising to build our power as a collective. Our goal is 10000 by December 31st, 2019. Please visit SLM Dances' website at SLM dances.com that's s-l-m-d-a-n-c-e-s.com to join slm dances community and become a donor keep in touch with slm dances fundraising efforts by following us on facebook twitter or instagram all at slm dances and the hashtag slmd body biz with a z 10k